What is the fucking deal? Welcome to week six of the Fan Bros Podcast. We got to start it off by saying that we're breathing a little heavy, panting, seem kind of exhausted. We're watching the Astros game, just dropped four in the fifth inning of game six, so we're a little bit fired up, so keep that in mind. Go fucking Strohs. Oh, hell yeah. Go Strohs. Looks like the Rays are falling apart. Don't want to jinx anything. Knocking on wood, but we're looking good. <clears throat> Let's get right into it. Yep, so what we're going to do right now, we obviously got to touch on the big news of the week. Le'Veon Bell has been signed to the Chiefs. What does that mean for him? What does that mean for Clyde? Yeah. Next, we're going to do a little segment we call Turn It Up Guys. Guys that in the second half of the season, we think are going to jump at least a half tier, you know, from a low-end RB2 to now a high-end or borderline RB1. Some guys we think are going to show out second half. And then we're going to break down just two matchups today for you, some high-flying ones, Packers versus Bucks, Chiefs versus Bills. Let's get it on. First turnups, let's, let's start with some quarterbacks, Hunter. What's a quarterback you think is going to go ham the second half of the year? I think Kirky Cousins is primed to be a potential back-end QB1. They're, they have to throw the ball. The defense looks trash. Jefferson looks good. Thielen looks good. Irv Smith looks good. So they still got Rudolph. Some running back injuries, but they're still going to run the ball. But, man, they're going to have to air it out and air it out big time. And Kirk looks in the zone, and the Thielen connection is – is fire right now. He really does. I mean, I think week one or two, Kirk was probably from anywhere from QB 25 to 30 on what a guy you wanted to start. But the way the game strips him going, the weapons he's got, he's got a pretty safe floor now. I definitely think he moving into the QB one ranks. I think that's pretty reasonable. And we had talked about it last week. Uh, I was kind of high on him. We, or you, you were too. We were talking about if he just got one of those two Dalvin Cook touchdowns that exactly. he gets weekly, that it really just changes his floor. And it kind of looks like he's going to do that now because they're on the goal line throwing the ball more than you would expect. And as it goes on, I think teams will have to sell out to stop that run more than anything. Opening I, I do like Kirk. I mean, it looked terrible at the beginning of the year. The arrow's pointing up. And he's probably on your waiver wire. That's someone that probably got – I mean, it depends your league, but, I mean, if he's there and you, you, know, you don't like your quarterback, go give it a shot. And I mean, obviously one big one went down this week. Shout-out Pudge, RIP Dak Prescott. Got his oh, ankle man. turned sideways, so if you need a quarterback, Kirk is not a bad guy to pick uh, up. I hope it's just a cramp. <laughs> just a cramp. <laughs> God damn. Embarrassing. So let me let me go with the quarterback. Mine is Matthew the fucking GOAT Stafford. So last year, Matt Stafford was a legit MVP candidate until he got hurt with his back injury, and he had to sit out the rest of the year. So beginning of this year, Galladay's not there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look great, but he's still not bad, and... People kind of discount what a losing a wide receiver one will do. Look at Matt Ryan. He started the year hot. Julio goes down. Now he's barely getting 10 points a week. So Matt's staff has looked good the last two weeks. Multiple touchdowns in both games. And the schedule for him looks pretty nice the second half of the year. I think the Lions are kind of hitting their stride. They have enough of a run game to be able to you know open up the, the deep passes. But they don't run that much around the goal line either. I think it's a perfect storm to get Matt's staff where he might have been a QB 1-2 borderline, I could see him being a top, you know, 6-8 to eight guy in the second half of the season. So that's that's my turn up for the second half. Definitely. And people forget that last year they were in some gunslinging battles. They almost beat the Chiefs. They almost beat the Packers. They were in it to win it for a little bit, and Matt Staff just couldn't pull it out because the Lions luck. But, no, nah, he, he looks like he's back to that that primal start he had last year. So, exactly. Definitely. And, I mean, it seemed like forever ago, but Matt Staff once threw for over 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's got the potential to go for 30-plus touchdowns, and that's what you want in your, your QB1. 
So let's talk, let's touch on a little bit of receivers that are going to turn it up. For my receiver, I'm going T. Higgins. Um, I don't know if y'all watched the game last week. There was an AJ, uh, AJ Green injury. Not only was T. Higgins already getting a bump up and looking good, but the injury just frees it up even more. And you would th- you were thinking if you were watching the games, they were incorporating the tight ends, and it's not really like that anymore. It's really just wide receiver heavy. So I think T. Higgins could maybe finish the year as a wide receiver too, honestly. I mean, you I, you could start him every week now, like 100%. I'm, I'm in the game with I T. Higgins. I think so. I mean, in the passing game, it's really just he and Tyler Boyd from here yeah. on out. Nobody else is there, and Joe Burrow should progress as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, I like T. Higgins. The guy you probably picked up in the last two weeks, for him to join the wide receiver two ranks, that's yeah. just a win. It's a snag. That is a win. For me, it's another guy that's kind of in that same category. Got picked up recently, but I think you can kind of start him most weeks going forward. LaVisca Chenault. So, it looked like early in the season he might get a lot of carries and kind of make him valuable in that wide receiver tag. Mm-hmm. That's gone away, but while that's gone away and Chark has, you know, been in and out of the lineup, Chenault's getting targeted, and they're going to have to throw a lot to keep up. He looks good. He's comfortable in the game last week against the Texans. He had seven catches for 80-something yards, and that wasn't even a big game for Minshew. Mm -hmm. So I think the ceiling's more. He was probably a low-end wide receiver, three or flex, you know, coming into last week. I think from here on out, he almost goes in the low-end wide receiver two ranks. I think he probably finishes from the 20th to the 25th kind of guy so I think there's a lot of upside there chart does not seem to be healthy this year Chenault by default might be the first guy mm-hmm. to get the targets and he kind of follows the 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 guideline of what all these other people have which is a shitty defense and they're gonna have to produce on offense and he's definitely in that category right now where the defense isn't there they're gonna have to throw it they need to keep up if they're gonna actually try to win games so he, his upside is definitely there I'm I like the shall not pass right there. And that, and that's the big kind of separation of real-life football and fantasy football. Yeah. Just look at a team like the Colts. They're winning games, mm-hmm. but, man, nobody on that offense outside of Jonathan Taylor is startable because the defense holds teams down, and they really just try to control and not make mistakes. So a bad defense is a huge asset for your offensive guys in fantasy, and that's just another year to prove it and really exaggerate that. At the running back position, I'll kick off one mm-hmm. here. One, he's not done well, but I think he looks good as David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest reason I give him the second half turn up, turnaround to high-end RB2 status is the schedule. It really softens up. I mean, Tampa Bay, I don't think we think of them as a good D coming up that game. They're one of the best against the rush. A lot of the teams he's faced are good against the run. You can see it. You know, he's getting hit in the backfield, has to shake and bake to pick up three, four yards. But it really softens up. Starting this week, Carolina Panthers, they get the Vikings, they get the Lions. You know, their division is really ripe for him to go off, and there's no competition there. They passed on Le'Veon Bell. That was a little bit of a worry if you're the owner. But, man, there's nobody to take his work, soft matchups, and 15-plus touches every week. That's just a recipe for pushing on RB1 status. So David Montgomery, second half, I think he really outperforms what we've seen so far. And when the weather gets cold and they're in Chicago, you know they're going to pound that ball because that's what they're built for even though they have a lot of offensive weapons, surprisingly. Just the quarterback situation hasn't been the greatest uh, as of recently. But definitely, I he's kind of like Derrick Henry where you know the second half when it's cold, he's going to be pounding that thing. So I'm, I'm definitely on that train too. And we kind of forget that in the preseason he suffered a pretty significant injury. That like groin, He went down yeah. and it looked like he might miss – a season or you know even worse 
He's still kind of figuring his way back, but he looks pretty sharp. Looks explosive. Exactly. And when you're playing weak defenses, I mean, matchups are half the battle of fantasy, and he's got a lot of soft ones on deck, second half. He's a guy I like. For my uh, running back, I'm going David Johnson. The uh, shackles are free. We have freed ourselves of B.O.B. It was just one week. We looked explosive, but I think that we have so much talent on offense that it's going to probably be that way from here on out, and David Johnson's going to have way better games. Um, he's going to get the passing work, and we've talked about it before. Duke Johnson's really not going to cut into his workload, and he's the guy. I mean, there, we don't, there's no other running backs really on the roster. C.J. Procise is not going to do anything. And I, I think that we're actually going to be able to get some leads and, you know, ride him out for some wins in the future. Because Deshaun just looks so – Cooks was unreal last week. How do you go from nothing to looking like wide receiver one I out know. of nowhere? I know. The, cra- the craziness of B.O.B., man. It is. And, and kind of mm-hmm. all that's missing from David Johnson right now is the touchdowns. And yeah. You have to assume there's more of those to come for the Texans for the second half of the season. He's probably not as bad as you think. If yeah. you just look at his ranking, he might be around 20, which yeah. you know, is low-end RB2. But if the touchdowns come, if he can turn in 8-9 by the end of the year, hell, that's all you really want. And the game scripts haven't even really been there, and he still has a really good amount of volume. So you have to think, like, if we're in, if, we're, if this is the real deal and this is us going forward, they're going to run the ball, it's going to look good, the volume is definitely going to be there. So For sure. I think the touchdowns kind of follow soon, and that will definitely spring him up into a a higher higher uh, tier than we're looking at. So we each kind of have another wild card, so I'm going to double down on the running back position. And Raheem Mostert, th- I mean, if you're the owner, you probably feel this way about him already because the first two games he had, what, 70-plus yard touchdowns in each of the first two. But he's missed a couple games, so maybe people have forgotten he looked good last week. Mm. I think he might have been seen as almost a high RB2. I think he's going to be a mid-range top eight RB1 for the rest of the year. I mean, he is explosive. He looks good. Just when in draft season, if you could go back, the only thing you worried about with him was Shanahanigans, which was, you know, maybe a three-man committee. When he is healthy, he's getting touches, and he is as explosive as anybody in the league. So I think the second half, if he can stay healthy, he's around the five, six, seven mark for me in the RB ranks. And, you know, I think he, I think he stays there for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Anyone that explosive that's going to get 15 to 20 carries a game, I mean, gosh. That, and that O-line's looking good. And they, I don't know. I can't explain the receiver problem. They just don't have they, – they can't get the ball to the receivers. So, I mean, it's going to be Kittle and Mostert, I guess. I mean, maybe it'll open up later in the season, Garoppolo getting a connection going. But Mostert looks like he's primed to just be that, that steal in the draft that you got probably in the sixth round or something that's going to come up. Clutch. Exactly, exactly. He fell. He's a cool story, too. He's a good guy to root for. I mean, I guess he was undrafted, came in the league, was a special teams guy for a couple of years, got a chance just out of injury's sake, and he looked explosive last year. Or two years two ago, years ago. Yeah, and yeah. then broke his arm. A really yeah. gruesome broken arm injury. Remember, we both started him that week. We exactly. Had him, yeah. Ketchup and Mostert. Yes. So he, he's a good story. He's a good guy to follow, and he looks like one of the more explosive backs in the league. Mid-range to elite RB1 rest of the way. That That's what I think. For my last one, I'm going tight end here. I'm going Hayden Hurst with the Atlanta Falcons. Julio's going down. Russell Gage is getting hurt. I mean, the only two... I mean, Calvin wasn't hurt, but he had that... that goose egg the other week I think Hayden Hurst if they if if Quinn if they could just figure it out figure out the offense I think Hayden Hurst would literally be a tight end 
top eight, honestly, because he's going to get the work, he's going to get the catches, and Matt Ryan likes to throw the tight end. It just hasn't been as good as we thought it was be with, like, Hooper. But I think it'll get there because there's not really anyone to throw to right now. Julio, I, don't, I, can't, I couldn't tell you what's wrong with Julio. I mean, probably a multitude of injuries. Uh, Gage is getting banged up every week. He's just not a big guy. So I think Hayden Hurst is going to get some goal line touchdowns. I think he'll finish, honestly, a, a top eight tight end. And right now, he's probably like a tight a TE2 in, in your range where you're starting him right now. Yeah, I mean, just like hearing the name, looking at the, la- the last few weeks of production kind of grosses you out. Yeah. He's probably on your wire at this point. Two things I think he does have going for him. Julio will probably return at some point, and I really think that opens up the middle of the field. Teams got to respect Julio. So a big part of that is just really, you know, when he's there, it's going to open up the middle of the field. The red zone looks should come back. And I think just without Quinn, you know, you always kind of want to fight for your interim, interim guy. Exactly. So I, I can see him kind of emerging again. And tight end's really thin right now. Just three weeks ago we were talking, talking about, about how yeah. deep it was. Guys get hurt, quarterbacks get hurt. Then you know, affect a Dalton Schultz guy now is definitely exactly. below a guy like Hayden Hurst. A hundred percent. So that's some guys we like to turn it up the second half of the year. Just to kind of quick touch on what we want to do, turn down. So yeah. we never got to really touch on the Dak injury. We haven't been online since that happened. That really does. We want to say just probably a half a tier for each of the receivers in that core. It probably takes them there, right? Amari Cooper was maybe a mid, low end wide receiver one. You got to think the offense throws for maybe 40 or 50 less yards every week and call it 15 yards less for each receiver. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that's, you know, when it's coming to the, t- the elite tier of guys, I think each one of them, Gallup, Cooper, and CD, drops a half tier. So, I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, and. and- I think it's really going to go through Zeke now. Not that Zeke hasn't had the volume. I mean, he's top five RB right now. I think he's three. But there's no way that they're not going to start and finish with Zeke. Because I mean, Andy Dalton can throw the ball, and he's a starting quarterback. He's done it before. But, man, you don't have that faith that, that you had in Dak. Not that Dak is all world, but Dak is leaps and bounds better than Andy Dalton. So, I, yeah, like I was saying, the, the touchdowns are going down. The yardage should go down. I mean, you're still going to start Amari Cooper. And, you know, probably you're going to spot start CD and Gallup. But people like Schultz that were getting the back-end looks, that were, you know, having decent games, you know, kind of getting the, scr- the scraps, you know, and probably not starting him for the rest of the season, honestly. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It sucks. And, you know, it's going to suck maybe sitting Gallup every once in a while because, you know, you were he was kind of like a locked-in starter getting those go routes, but things are probably going to change a little bit now. And really, if you look at it, everything, the Stars had a line for their offense to be as good as it was. You know, they had so many times where they had to come back. It couldn't, nothing could have happened to make them more productive. And now there's multiple reasons to think they probably won't be as productive as an offense. So you got to assume that all the pass catchers in Dallas are going to take kind of a half a tier, tier, tier drop down if you're an owner. You know, it sucks when the your guy not hurt, but he gets affected by another injury, but that's really how it looks like for now. So, let's move into a couple matchups. Hunter wants to cover the Fudge Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, this one is going to be high scoring. You got Tom Brady versus the actual GOAT, Aaron Rodgers. Let's be real here, boys. <laughs> um, it, it should be just lights out, because it looks like Godwin's going to be back, so they're going to have... Pretty full strength for the Bucks receiving core, which hasn't been 
that way for the last couple weeks. So, and Gronk is kind of turning it up a little bit, you know, kind of looking a little bit spry out there. First couple weeks, he, I don't know what was going on, but now he kind of looks better. And Packers, man, Aaron Rodgers, just all worldly right now. He, if, if Russell Wilson wasn't just in God mode as well, it, Aaron Rodgers would be running away with MVP. He, his statistically, he's on pace to break his best season, and his best season is the MVP season. So, um, that's that's that. Aaron Jones, gosh, he he's so explosive. Jamal Williams, this is this is a really good game. I would even be willing to flex Jamal Williams just because I I, I think the everyone on the Packers is going to get fed. I think that this is a statement game for the Packers. Because it's a good Bucks defense, and I think the Packers are going to come out and win by a couple scores. Not saying the Bucks aren't going to score at all, but I think the Packers are trying to make a statement this year. Uh, on the Bucks side, you can. I'm starting Rojo. Rojo is kind of locked in right now. He's getting the work, and he looks explosive. We're talking about we just needed one running back in the backfield to get hurt. Leonard kind of got hurt, and they're kind of feeding Rojo right now, and it looks really good for Rojo. Mike Evans is even though he it's really fluky right now. You you'd be thinking Mike Evans would have 18 points a week or something, but he's getting like short yardage touchdown looks. I, you're definitely starting him. There's no doubt about that. You're starting Godwin, and if you're in a pinch, you know we're talking about tight ends kind of going down. It's kind of getting flimsy the past two weeks. I would be okay with maybe putting Gronk in there this week and just see what happens. It's going to be so high scoring that I think he could maybe find his way into the end zone this week. I think so. I mean, at least long-term, he's pointing up. So yeah. a question for you, because I do not know what to make of him. Ronald Jones, does For if Fournette is kind of healthy yeah. the next few weeks, are you worried about Rojo, or do you think he did enough to really separate himself? That's the thing. Because Leonard Fournette is a, is a good running back. You know, he, he, he was just in a, bad, he was in a bad situation, the Jaguars, so people were kind of recency biased, saying, you know, oh, he's kind of washed or whatever. He's definitely not washed. If you watch the Week 2 game where he's busting – 50-yard touchdown runs. He's not washed at all. Uh, that's the scary thing. I would like to think that they, when he comes back, Rojo gets, you know, the recency bias, you know, he gets the starting touches, but, I mean, that is a scary situation. I would, if you could maybe flip Rojo after this week if he has another good week, just to, because I think they will split, because Leonard Fournette is Leonard Fournette. I mean, how are you not going to feed both of them? I mean, it just it is what it is. I I would look to maybe get rid of Rojo after another good week because they're giving Keyshawn Vaughn looks. It just look it's weird. It's and not a revolving door yet, but yeah. the in the future you could see a revolving door developing. So I mean that's really kind of what I was asking you because I'm split on him. You know I had yeah. him, I dropped him, just kind of sourpuss mode. And he looks good. You th and so I guess you're not expecting him to necessarily be your locked-in RB2 the whole year. You're not sold on that. No, I'm not sold on that, no. But I mean, right now, this fair. week, probably until until we get done dirty, it kind of sucks, but I would be able to start him as an RB2. And it's going to suck because he's going to get done dirty. Leonard Fournette is going to steal a couple touchdowns on the goal line, and you're going to be like, God damn it. But until that happens, he's looking good. He looks explosive as hell. Yeah, I'm with you. So, I'm going to cover right now the Kansas City Queefs versus Buffalo Bills. Le'Veon Bell, we meant to get on at the beginning, but we'll kind of touch on at the end what that means for him. But in the Chiefs versus Bills, I mean, the two quarterbacks, both top five options, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, this should be a banger of a game. I like them both a lot. On the Chiefs side of the ball, well, you know, we all know Le'Veon's coming to town, but he's not able to play this week. Mm -hmm. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, this is kind of his final parade as the workhorse, you would think. So I do like him this week. I like him a lot. 
you, you enjoy it, enjoy it while you can because it might not be such sunny days ahead. Uh, Tyreek Hill's auto start, Travis Kelsey auto start. It gets interesting when you look at McCole Hardman because mm-hmm. it looks like Sammy Watkins is out this week. Likely another one or two at the at the minimum. So he's a good ad, good speculative ad. Mm-hmm. When it comes to playing him, if you have to, he's he's a good a classic boomer bust guy. I'm in favor of it. You know, I I would not like to start him if I had better options, but he's not bad by any means. I think McCall Hardman from here, and as long as Sammy Watkins out, if you're looking for an upside guy, he's a good guy to kind of look in that direction. Definitely, I. Nicole is one of those guys where he's only getting about 30% of the snaps. Around, I think his highest week he got 40%. And he gets a boost up, man. Because he, he gets open, he's so quick that, I mean, he does drop some balls and he's not super consistent. But, I mean, anyone that has that kind of speed and you have Patrick Mahomes at QB, you were, you were a 80-yard touchdown bomb away from winning the week, essentially, which is kind of what you want from a flex or low-end like wide receiver three spot you're filling out. Yeah, he, I mean, one play for him can make him an, a wide, a top 15 guy on the week. The week, yeah. Not many people can have that, so, yeah. I would call it, consider him a high-end flex option this yeah, week. Yeah, as long as Sammy's down, I, I would be comfortable putting him in there. Definitely. On the Buffalo side, Zach Moss looks to be coming back. So, if you're a Singletary owner and you need him, I kind of he's a lower-end RB2 for me this week, but you can start him here. Just you know, just know that Zach Moss might get a little bit of the goal line work. I think we'll really find out what Singletary is like the rest of the year. For me, I'm not high on him. I'm you know not looking to add him. If I had him, I'd be looking to trade him. Yeah. I think this week you can start him as an RB two, but I, I think those days might come to a close pretty soon. So Stephon Diggs, we might touch on him on a segment we've got coming up on our backs to back. Kind of an every week start guy. He's really a set and forget right now. The targets are just there. He's a guy that I think you can't sit him. I can't think of three yeah. guys that you might have that On you would team, sit, that yeah. you would sit him for. So John Brown, he's another one looking to return. I like him here too. He and McCole Hardman are kind of in that same tier for me. John Brown's maybe a little bit safer, mm-hmm. a little higher floor, but McCole Hardman's also got the the capped upside. So those two guys, John Brown, if he's back. I do like them. The number two receiver in the offense might get the weaker corner. And I I think in this game, it's going to be a Monday kind of afternoon. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Four o'clock on I'm, Monday. I dig it. I dig the doubleheader Best Mondays. Side. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting off work. Boom. What do you know? A badass football game with two teams with real AFC championship aspirations. Oh, so, yeah. John Brown, I do like him this week. I mean, if you're stacked at the position, you've got other guys. But this is one of the weeks where – He's got boom potential. Same with McCall Hardman. That's pretty much it for those teams. The Bills defense you've been starting, if, if you've got room to hold a second D, you want to look for somebody that's playing the Jets or the Giants, like Washington or some or Miami. But you got to start them. I mean, just be prepared to eat a zero. You're hoping just not to get in the negative. The Bills defense this year, not, I mean, this week, not a preferred start. Nobody is against the Chiefs. And then one person I want to touch on on the Bills side um, is Gabriel Davis. He's a rookie from UCF. He had some really he had two really good seasons at UCF before he came to the NFL. Talking about thousand yards, multiple touchdowns, and he's the guy. I mean, he's getting looks right now. He's getting targets. If somehow I'm not trying to put anything into the air, any into the ether, but if Diggs gets hurt, he would definitely be the guy that would would take over his spot in the X role and be getting a lot of the looks. He has the same build, same kind of receiver. And he's already getting looks right now with John Brown and 
digs in the offense and Croft, all the tight ends getting looks. So I, I'm not saying start him this week. Maybe if you have an extra roster spot, pick him up because he's a rookie and rookies turn it up in the second half, definitely. So, I mean, it'll be too late when he has his 80-yard touchdown game in a couple weeks. So I would, I would maybe look to maybe pick him up if you have a roster spot. I agree. And, I mean, the Bills, I think it's just official – they want to throw the ball. Yeah. You know, it's hard to kind of break the mold when, you, when you've already identified the Bills as a run-first team. Yeah. That's not how they are anymore, definitely. Any receiver piece you can get that's going to get targets is somebody to at the very least hold. So, Le'Veon Bell signs with the Chiefs. What, tell me how you feel about oh. both him going forward and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, he as soon as he got released, he watched the entire Braveheart movie from end. He, he was <laughs> screaming freedom like William Wallace. He, he's off the shackles of Adam Gase. He's feeling free. And he's going to the Chiefs where they've been using some scat backs. They've been using uh, Darwin Thompson, uh, Daryl Williams. Um, and I think that he takes both of their roles and a little bit more because they were only getting in for pass-catching things. And he can run the ball... And he's really good at picking up the blitz. So I think that he could he could get a pretty good role. I'm not saying he's going to be an every-week starter, but, I mean, he could be in RB2 range. I mean, you're in such a high-powered offense. I mean, anything could happen. He starts getting a touchdown a week. I mean, that changes everything. You, you could potentially start him at that. And for the Jets, man, you're not – you maybe you're doing a volume gore play and a pinch on a, on a bye, but – I still wouldn't touch that, even though it's freed up. Bell's out of there. But they still have Kalen Balage, which is a shit show. You're not starting him either. But Michael P. Ryan, they're talking about yeah, the little, the, but still. Yeah, I he mean, was the uh, camp darling. The, the, everyone there, so high on P. Ryan, but still, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. I mean, Le'Veon couldn't make it work. What yeah. makes you what makes you think one of these guys could? Exactly. If you think that they're more explosive than Le'Veon, God, yeah. Let God help you, because they're, they're definitely not. So... Le'Veon, let me go. I don't feel this will happen, mm-hmm. but is it outrageous to think that he is as talented as Kareem Hunt was as a rookie, and in the same kind of offense that it's just plausible he could absolutely rock it into the top five running backs? I, just is it is it possible? I think there's a possibility. Is it likely? Oh, for no, sure. No, because. Clyde edwards Hilaire. They, they they spent the draft pick on him. He looks good running the ball. I mean, the likeliness of it happening is low. But, I mean, again, we're not trying to put anything on the ether. Clyde edwards Hilaire gets an injury. I mean, man, he could bump up so hard. I mean, he would be an RB1, like, off the rip. So, I'm not looking for it to happen. Is there a possibility in the grapevine that it does happen? Yes. Do I, you know... Does it, will it happen? Yeah, who knows? Probably yeah. not. I throw that out just because it's an interesting question to think, you know. Yeah. Talent-wise, you're talent-wise. I mean, maybe he's not the same guy as he was in Pittsburgh, but still, it's plausible. But having said that, I'm not that high on Le'Veon going forward. And I think more than him being, you know, a startable guy, I think he and Edwards Hilaire are splitting work mm-hmm. 50-50. And which puts them both into kind of more flexed range, low-end RB2, which just has to crush the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire drafter. I mean, that this sucks. This sucks for that person. You've got somebody in the league. You know, you can never foresee something like this coming. And it, it just sucks. But Le'Veon, I'll, I'll tell you here. I, 
am not sold that he comes and looks great. I, I you know he. I don't think he's necessarily all that explosive anymore. I, I think he's not quite the player he was. So I'm not somebody who's looking to acquire him, thinking, oh, Le'Veon of the, you know, Le'Veon of the Steelers' age. That's not me as an owner, but it definitely kind of detracts from Clyde. If you, if you're asking me which one does better the rest of the way, I still lean Clyde. Because Le'Veon, I think we just kind of, the name gives us excitement when he hasn't yeah. looked great. Not now. I mean, he could turn it up with a good offense. I like Clyde here a little better, but nobody's going to dispute that if a draft happened today, nobody is taking CEH in the first round. So Nobody, yeah. Trevor, our, our deepest condolences to you and any, any other owners out there because this could be a timeshare. Now, in one of the best offenses, a timeshare makes them each startable. You, you, maybe we're thinking a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt kind of role. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think either one pushes for top 12 weekly status. I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with that. I mean, it's just it's going to be so hard, and you bring up the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and they're not running the ball nearly as efficient as them. So I mean, it would be so hard to both of them to be fringe RB ones or an RB one, RB two kind of deal. I mean, and and it sucks because I trade. I'm in a pickle in one of my leagues. Zero and four. Just got the first one last week. One and four now. No RBs. I had to do a trade, so I traded for Le'Veon in the hopes of maybe he's going to the Dolphins and just gets all that goal line work. And what happens? He gets straight to the Chiefs, and I you just got to roll with the punches. I'm not too ecstatic about it, but it could be worse, so we'll, we'll see. He's right in my bench right now, and that's what he should be on uh, for your team probably, unless you need to. Um, but, yeah, r- let, him, let him ride the pine for a week, and then we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out at the very least. And I think what it comes down to for a fantasy standpoint, who gets the touchdowns? <clears throat> They, they might not run for, you know, three touchdowns every week. So if there's one, does one guy get those carries on the regular or is it a back-and-forth thing? So, you know, it's all predictions at this point. What we're going to see some interesting to watch. But Le'Veon Bell is now a little more interesting. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the auto-start RB1 we really thought. Mm-hmm. So... Thank y'all for coming out. This is just our part one. We're going to drop another one shortly, maybe tomorrow morning. The second piece, we're going to go another two matchups. We're going to talk the Browns versus the Steelers, Houston Texans versus Titans, in a segment that we are calling Newcomers to the Set and Forget tier. You know, guys that we always think of Set and Forget, some people that who should be that for you now that you might not be seeing that way, that's what we're going to kind of touch on, as well as some players who have lost that auto star status. So thanks for joining us. Part one of the week six, and good luck, everybody. We'll see y'all soon. Gave you a check for the dope beast, the bump when you stroll through in your hood. And when your album sales wasn't doing